subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod Blogs community at tripods.com. Jerry's Place for canine amputees and their people. Silly Jerry. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio, and today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2017. We're excited to discuss a topic we've never really gone into great detail here before. All pets will require pain management at some point, but tripods tend to need it much more during recovery and throughout their life on three legs. Managing their pain is critical and veterinary acupuncture is one drug-free proven way to do it. Today, we learn how veterinary acupuncture can help three-legged dogs and cats feel better if they're ever in pain. Our guest is Dr. Nell Ostermeyer, a certified veterinary acupuncturist and co-owner of Lombard Animal Hospital in Portland, Oregon. She has developed an integrative program at her veterinary hospital, which encompasses the best of Western and Eastern medicines. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get to the point about veterinary acupuncture. Thank you for joining us, doctor. You're very welcome. And and I love the pun getting to the point. (laughs) I do. I do too, doc. Hey, this is Renee. And, and I just appreciate you being here today. I know you're, you've got a very busy practice and we have so much to talk about. So thank you. You're very welcome. I'm excited to get started. Cool. Well, let's let's do it. Um, as I had uh, mentioned to you, we um, we have quite a few members who um, are uh, doing acupuncture, uh, taking their their pets to acupuncture veterinarians um, for pain management, and we have lots of people who are always asking about it. So I'm really happy that we we're finally devoting an entire show to the subject, and um, because you are one of the the experts, we are turning to you for the. Um, all the information that, that we can handle today. Uh, I know you're also an instructor, uh, and you're, you teach other veterinarians how to do acupuncture. Is that correct? Yes, I am an instructor for the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society. Um, I have been a teaching associate um, and a teaching associate coordinator for the organization, um, as well as I will also be lecturing for the organization. And um, it's a nonprofit that hosts a course every year so that we can um, responsibly get more veterinarians trained um, in the areas of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine so that they can then bring that modality to their patients um, in the hopes of a better, happier life. I I love it. I love that. Um, both Eastern and, and Western medicine are, are converging with, with acupuncture and that there are more, um, more vets who are doing it because um, back when, when our Jerry um, had his first acupuncture session, it was 2006, 
seven, and he, um, boy, you know, it was interesting. It was like acupuncture was like this weird backroom thing that some vets did, but it was kind of like word of mouth, and nobody really advertised it. And it, <laughs> it, it, I got that impression. Um, and but once we saw how it helped him, we were like, oh my gosh, this is this is amazing. So thank you for for getting the word out and, and training more vets to, to do this for their, their patients. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so let's, let's start with the basics then. And, and I'm, I'm learning so much from, from your work and um, what you've shared with me already, but let's start with um, how can acupuncture help anybody, really any pet? Um, what conditions are best served by, by this type of procedure? So to your point about um, starting with Jerry in 2007 and it just not being something that seemed readily accessible, um, I would say that acupuncture has become much more mainstream over the past 10 years. So you were really at the cusp of it uh, becoming mainstream. Uh, It's been practiced, and IVIS has been an organization supporting veterinary acupuncture since 1974, but like any trend or any... And yeah, exactly. I know it's surprising, but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it entered the mainstream. You've got to have those mavericks, those forefathers, of, if you will, who are willing to uh, push the envelope and um, develop the processes and procedures necessary to bring something like um, acupuncture or any new mo- medical new medical modality into our mainstream. So. Anyhow, over the past 10 years, it's been growing in popularity, and most people are familiar with its use for pain relief, injuries, and musculoskeletal issues. However, acupuncture is also used to treat internal organ dysfunction and all types of diseases, allergies, and behavioral or emotional issues such as anxiety. So acupuncture can be used to help uh, treat virtually any health condition or imbalance in the body. Wow, anxiety too, huh? I have a, a dog here who's a perfect candidate. Not only is he a tripod, but he's a very anxious tripod. Um, so this is this is great. And so these conditions are also helped uh, helped in in people as well, right? I mean, all all species. Absolutely, yes. They also are very helpful in people, and often people will go see their go see their human acupuncturist. Um, for a problem, but they will experience the the secondary uh, relief of anxiety or stress relief. So, um, yes, it is very effective in treating anxiety, and that's probably one of the most studied areas. Cool. Uh, Well, we might have to investigate that further for Wyatt. (laughs) Yeah, it would be a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. so, so it just seems so odd, though, that that putting needles in the body would help somebody feel better. Uh, can you explain how that works? I know it's a huge question, but it just you know <laughs> it's such a weird idea. <laughs> so I'd love to hear your yes, take on that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so the root of this question is actually how does acupuncture work? And um, I think that's a question that most human and veterinary acupuncturists will get asked multiple times throughout their career. Um, The answer is not simple because there are multiple proposed and proven pathways through which acupuncture works. 
I'm going to provide a very basic explanation from both the Western and Eastern perspective to keep it simple and hopefully get the main idea to you and the listeners. Um, oh, the good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll keep it simple. Um, the effects of acupuncture can't be explained through a single me- mechanism. According to Western perspective, the acupuncture points are bundles of vessels and nerves located at specific points on the body that are more sensitive and more effective at sending messages than other bundles of vessels and nerves. Stimulating these bundles or points with a needle causes both a local response at or near the point and a distance response by sending messages to larger vessels and nerves and in some cases to the spinal cord or specific areas of the brain. The local response can result in pain relief, reduced inflammation, and improved circulation at the site. And the distant response via the message system can achieve these same results, but at a deeper or even whole body level. Um, The Eastern perspective is similar. Yes, exactly. So back to the, the prior question, this is how we're treating all of those health conditions, and imbalances in the body that are considered more internal rather than external. Uh Um, And then from the Eastern perspective, it's very similar in that um, Eastern medicine explains both the local and the distant response. According to traditional Chinese medicine, there are 12 main channels circulating blood and chi or energy throughout the body at all times. These channels have acupuncture points located on the surface of the body that we can access with the needle. But those channels where the points are located on continue deep into the body to specific organ systems, including the brain. So when using the traditional Chinese medicine or TCM theory, we are stimulating these points on the surface to gain both the local and the distant responses on the channels with the end goal of maintaining the smooth flow of chi energy and blood throughout the entire body. Um, It's interesting to note that areas of pain um, in TCM are called stagnation. And stagnation, I think our Western brains can very easily understand that that means things are at a standstill (laughs) and circulation is not smooth in that area because it's constricted or tight or um, contracted. Um, So, thus, just as in Western medicine, using TCM theory, we stimulate acupuncture points to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve circulation at both the local and the distant areas of the body. So, while the language may differ, the goal from both the Eastern and the Western perspective is to achieve balance for the patient, which means they live a longer, happier life. We could all use more balance. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's basically two types of um, thoughts about approaching disease, but they're both speaking similar language and mm-hmm. and they kind of come together with acupuncture. I mean, I love that, that you know, Western vets can wrap their heads around it as much as, as ones who are practicing more Eastern medicine every day. Um, yes. And so when, yeah, so when you say the local and distant, so I, I'd like to kind of make sure I'm understanding this. So let's say my, sure. my dog has a limp. My dog's limping, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. And I look at his paw, and there's nothing wrong with his paw. I'm going, there's no cuts or abrasions. Um, I take him to a vet, and, and um, 
they feel around and find out that he's got a knot in his one of his shoulder muscles. And mm-hmm. is that what you mean by the distant point, the the distant response, like or the local? Like I'm just trying to get this straight in my head. So that's actually a great question, and um, it delves even a little bit deeper into the, this uh, particular um, topic. So, so there oh. are local and distant points on the surface channels that we use to relieve the pain and reduce the inflammation. And what I would mean by that is, um, so if you have that knot in the shoulder, you can needle that very locally, maybe right above and below that knot. And in some cases, an acupuncturist will actually needle the knot, and that's called a trigger point. That would be local. Mm. Distal is when we get a little bit further away. So we're not right at the problem. So maybe there's a point located on the wrist that can actually relieve the pain and stagnation all the way up in the shoulder. And that is local and distant response. Now, what we need to do in order to get to the internal medicine treatment piece is to understand that's on the surface. And we can actually needle that same point on the wrist, and that wrist point might actually be able to have an effect on the lung because the channel from the wrist. Yeah, exactly. So channel going from the wrist all the way up to the shoulder in traditional Chinese medicine theory, that channel also dives deep into the lung. So, for example, asthmatics may be treated for their asthma, by needling a point on the wrist. Also, a person with a very tight shoulder or neck problem may be needled on the wrist to release that tension up in the shoulder or the neck area. And then at the very local level, we'd probably needle right at the shoulder for that for that particular pain um, or stagnation occurring in the patient. So there are two types of local and distant uh, responses that we're covering here, and I know it can get kind of complicated, so I'm happy to clarify if that if that isn't clear. Uh, that totally makes sense now, and and I love the the additional information about about the lungs. I mean, that, that's really cool. I had I had no idea, and I'm I'm coming up with all these other questions in my head, but we'll stick to the ones I told you I was going to ask you today. <laughs> um, we can always have a follow up. <laughs> Oh, we would love that. Oh, my gosh. I have a million things I can talk about with you. Um, so my next question for you is um, let's talk about which tripods are, are good candidates for acupuncture. Um, up until recently, uh, we've only talked about dogs and acupuncture at tripods.com. But over the last few years, we've been very fortunate to have uh, cats join us as well, and we are learning so much from them. And the first time one of our cat members blogged about their their acupuncture session, I was like, oh, my God, how did you get your cat to still that long? That's amazing. Um, so I, I really want to ask you, like, like who's a good candidate and, and which animals are more receptive than others? How do we know that, that our animal will, will like it? Okay. Um, well, all, all pets and all tripods are good candidates for an integrative medicine or an acupuncture consult. So that's how you would find out if your pet is a good candidate. They actually need to get in and see the veterinary acupuncturist and get started, so to speak. So um, they're all good candidates for the consult. However, if a pet is too painful, reactive, or unwilling to allow a veterinarian to touch them, 
um, then they may not be able to receive acupuncture safely. However, in these cases, we can still identify patterns, um, uh, for example, the stagnation and where it's located, that the patient might be dealing with, and we could provide herbal support that would be able to achieve at least some of the effects that the acupuncture would be able to achieve. Um, oh. In, yes, exactly. In my practice, uh, my, I see dogs, cats, and rabbits who are amputees. Um, I have actually needled uh, reptiles that are also amputees or who are missing a limb. So, so oh, there wow. really, yeah, there really is no limit as far as species goes. Honestly, if it can be done safely and there's a will, then there's a way. Okay. Um, and it's even wow. done in zoos. So we have um, doctors who are certified through IVIS that actually practice zoo medicine. So really, it's not mm-hmm. species specific. Um, tripods okay. in general are excellent candidates because their bodies have learned to function in an abnormal way in order to maintain a normal, happy quality of life. And while they mm-hmm. make it look really easy, Um, It does cause excess wear and tear on the muscles and the joints of the other limbs that are taking up the slack and on the core or the back. Um, Mm -hmm. So acupuncture is excellent for supporting the remaining limbs and the back while they do this extra work. Um, In addition, there's been research into phantom limb syndrome in people, which has been shown to respond well to acupuncture. And it only makes sense that if people can experience phantom limb, so could pets. So this is another area where we can really, I believe, expand the help that we're we're giving to support our tripod. Oh, I you you said the two words that that get discussed constantly every day, at least two or three times a day. Somebody is reporting that their tripod is experiencing phantom limb pain. Um, so um, up until now, you know, everybody's. Uh, experience has just been use use some gabapentin and hope it goes away. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I love that acupuncture is also an option that we're definitely going to be mentioning that a lot more in our forums. So um, so thank you for that that bit of information. Yes. Um, and and speaking of gabapentin, so can acupuncture be given when a, a pet is also on? traditional pain management drugs, um, like say when they're going through recovery or if they have a bad case of phantom limb pain? Um, yes, absolutely. In fact, oftentimes the acupuncture and herbs uh, will reduce the amount of pharmaceuticals needed to control pain or to treat a medical problem. However, reducing those medications is not a requirement. It's just that it usually uh. happens naturally because they don't need quite as much. Um, Acupuncture is an extremely safe treatment with no negative side effects uh, or no documented negative side effects. And an experienced Mm -hmm. certified veterinary acupuncturist would know if there are any contraindications regarding herbs and uh, your pharmaceuticals. So I truly believe in practicing the integrative approach for these pets where we're combining the best of East and West. And this is one of the areas where that is actually uh, tangible, you can you can see it happening. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it too. I mean, uh, anything to to help our tripods have a better quality of life. And 
um, especially the fact that, that so far no, no negative side effects have been documented. I mean, how many drugs can you say that about? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it, it is. It's yeah. a very good thing. I, and it supports totally the organ agree. systems rather than requires the organ systems to process it, which is another reason why it's organ or um, system sparing. Wow, there's another insight I never even considered. But you're you're absolutely right. It's not asking the liver to work extra hard at, at getting the medicine through it. I mean that's that's really cool. I like that. Um now let's let's talk about the, the different types of acupuncture that are out there because I see a lot of terms being thrown around and I would just like to get your take on, on what are the most uh, common ones that you see and the ones that you use and, and see results with. Sure. Um, well, there are multiple techniques and tools used to perform acupuncture. Uh, the most common types that I see in veterinary medicine are traditional needle placement, which is sometimes also referred to as dry needling, um, vitamin B12 aqua pressure, electroacupuncture, and laser acupuncture. And I'd, I'd like to give just a real brief explanation of those for people that aren't, um, in, haven't experienced these with their pets. Um, so traditional needling, or sometimes called dry needling, is where we place the needles in the points, and they're left for typically 10 to 20 minutes while the pet hangs out. Um, and, yes, they, they actually sit still for this, including cats and rabbits. Oh, wow. <laughs> or at least, oh that's Yeah, so cool. I know, believe it or not or at least still enough for it to do its work. Um, so not every pet just falls down and goes to sleep, you know, after you put the needles in. <laughs> Oftentimes, if, yeah, exactly. Oftentimes, if they're nervous pets, they'll actually stand through the whole treatment. But they'll, they'll get through the treatment, and then they'll relax afterwards, and that's okay. Um, we also have aqua pressure, which is where we take very small amounts of vitamin B12, and we inject them into the acupuncture point. So, these are, this is used to extend the length of stimulation. We believe we get about five days in that case. And it also works well in those pets that just won't sit still. So, for example, your young scrappy terriers or your jumpy pugs, we can do real quick. Yeah, I do. you know what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, real quick, um, point to point, inject the, the B12 in very small amounts, and then that way those pets do not have to sit still. Um, there's also electroacupuncture, which is where we take very um, low-level electrical leads and connect it to the ends of the needles. Uh, this stimulates nerves, muscles, and the pain relief cascade at a deeper level. So we're able to achieve a little bit more on a physiological um, plane. Uh, this is similar to what you would feel as a human if you went into the chiropractor and they hooked you up to a TENS unit with uh, the little oh, patches on your okay. skin. Yeah, but imagine we're not going to shave all of our little uh, tripods and, <laughs> oh, and stick patches on them. Yeah, so, and then lastly, there's laser therapy, which can be done regionally, and I'm sure many of your listeners have had that for their pets. Um, but it can also be done, oh. the low-level or cold laser, to stimulate the points using light energy or photons. And this is a very physics-based treatment um, that we use for both points and for regions. Um, lastly, just to speak to a little bit about technique, um, there has been very good success in human amputees with phantom limb, sy limb syndrome using scalp mm -hmm. and auricular or ear acupuncture. Um, mm -hmm. That's where you use just points on the scalp or the ear. 
and this is currently less commonly used in pets, but I expect as we gain more knowledge and experience, um, they will become more popular and useful techniques in the hands of veterinarians. Oh, wow. I, I could totally see how that would that would be really beneficial for uh, a, a dog like mine who is, you know, pretty jumpy when he goes to the vet. And, um, boy, if you could just have a few little needles poked in his big ears, um, that would be <laughs> – that sounds like it would be quick and easy. That's yeah. really cool. I, exactly. I've seen pictures With of the it. dogs, the trick is just getting them not to shake. That's all. <laughs> so uh-huh. the needles don't go flat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you do this every day, and and I've only been um, to to Jerry's sessions. So I I would love for you to share with us what what can we expect from a, a typical acupuncture session? Do our our pets need to be sedated or given some kind of anti anxiety um, something or other? I mean, what what goes on? Um, typically, to answer that question, they don't need sedation. Um, I have you know can okay. count on one hand in the last. Uh, seven years the pets that I have sedated in order to do acupuncture Um, and the reality about what to expect is that each each veterinary acupuncturist has a unique style that will contribute to the experience that you and your pet have during an appointment Um, but I'm happy to share how an appointment with me would go Um, if you're a new patient then you and your person are going to be coming into the hospital checking in at the front desk like you normally would and then Uh, my assistant would get you um, situated in our acupuncture treatment room. So we do have a room dedicated to that. Um, It has all of my tools and a lot. Yeah, nice tools. It has visual cues for me to explain things to the owner, like diagrams and posters. And then it also has uh, aromatherapy diffuser that I can adjust based on the needs of the patient. Um, once I get the new, yeah, I know it's very good for relaxation. It's really and, awesome. Um, just, yeah, whatever emotional support is needed for that pet, um, and sometimes for the person, honestly. Right. So right. Um, I could use it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So so once my assistant has prepped me for the appointment, I'll come in, and I'm going to ask a lot of questions because in Chinese medicine and with integrated medicine we need to ask a lot of questions about personality and preference and and those types of things in order to treat the pet as a whole. So we get through all that questioning, and then my assistant comes back in, and we place the needles. Um, I've also done a, a, I should say, I've also done a physical exam at this point, and I've checked for, especially let's say it's a tripod, I'm looking for muscle tension, I'm looking for active points, which is where the points are reactive. you know, I'm checking all the different limbs. It would look very similar to a Western exam. There are a few subtle differences with a Chinese medicine exam that get added in. And then between what the person's told me, how the pet's acting in my room, and and my knowledge, we put all that together and we place the needles. Uh, the needles go in and the pet will relax for 10 to 12 minutes, sometimes 15 with those needles in. Um, they may be on a table if they're smaller. They may be on a yoga mat if they're bigger. And then we'll either, it depends on the pet. We may be chatting during this time about other things we can do. Or if the pet really needs quiet, we might just be real quiet. Um, I choose to stay in the room with my patients. Some veterinary acupuncturists will leave the room. It just kind of depends. And then once the needles come out, uh, we go over all of the modalities or treatment tools that could be useful for your pet. 
and we write up a nice little summary and you go home with what you need. Um, as far as what to expect after that, you know, it really, it really depends. Each patient's response is different. Um, I will say one question I get a lot is, does this hurt when the needles go in? Uh, the needles really hurt because they are so thin and they don't puncture holes in the tissue, but they rather spread the cells. Um, so there's no hollow core like there would be in an injection. Um, oh. However, there are what I call, yeah, exactly. So there are what I call zinger points. And these are points that are more sensitive and can have a painful, heavy, or surprising sensation when we place the needles. Um, these vary from pet to pet, and it's based on what patterns they're dealing with. Um, I usually will get a sense for those by placing moderate pressure with my finger on the point first before putting the needle in. Um, but most pets, especially dogs, actually enjoy acupuncture, and they will experience some level of immediate relief or relaxation due to the endorphin and the serotonin release. Um, in pets with the musculoskeletal problems or tight muscles like our tripods, um, they'll get an immediate release of the muscle and connective tissue, which typically feels great. You know, you feel it when you go for a massage or your own acupuncture. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, many pets will learn um, these effects, and they'll begin to actually love going to the vet because they act, they, they, it's a learned response. And so it's truly amazing and rewarding for everyone involved, including me as the practitioner, because they're happy to be there. Oh, yeah. You know what? When, when Jerry had his first session, he literally let out a sigh of relief. I mean, I, have, I had never heard a dog make that sound before. And it was just like <laughs> he let out this long breath, and, and it was amazing. And he kind of just melted. It was really, really cool. And it, it made us big believers in it. Um, I love that exactly. you take so much time with your patients. Yes, I do too. It's really how I believe that my practice is so successful is by developing the relationship and taking the time. Yeah, it's absolutely worth the investment. Um, and, and tell me, speaking of the investment in, in um, a, a treatment like this, how many sessions are usually needed before we can see the results? And, and is there like an overall success rate that you see with the, the patients who come in your practice? Sure. Um, well, that, that answer is, is very, uh, it varies a lot. Each pet's response is unique. Um, some pets will experience immediate results, some not until after they arrive home, some the next day, others until maybe not until after two to three treatments. Um, an important aspect of your relationship with a veterinary acupuncturist should be setting positive yet realistic treatment goals and then tracking the progress. Um, so success rate varies, and it's very difficult to measure. Um, however, in two research, recent research studies conducted in human amputees, pain relief was noted in 50% and 86% of the patients respectively. Um, and in my patients, I utilize their response and the feedback of their owners to monitor and track success. And so I don't have an exact percentage for my practice, but what I'll say is I haven't had a pet not return for an additional treatment. And so oh, that wow. tells me that even, yeah, so even if the owner maybe isn't seeing a dramatic response, they're willing to give it a try and they saw something, something, something mm -hmm. happened. 
Uh, and typically my patients become regulars. So I would say the response rate is very, very high, but I can't commit to an actual number. I just know that my patients keep coming back, they feel better, and it's not just their muscles and their joints. Overall, their just well-being is it's brighter. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. Um, I mean, you know, it's so hard for us to decipher um, animals' um, signals to us. I mean, they, they, they give visual cues and, and speak in their own way, and because they're not talking directly to us in our own language, it's sometimes really hard to tell. So it all comes down to, you know, really watching our pets and seeing how they respond after a few sessions. Um, yeah. We have a, a number of... Yeah, yeah, and and you know if you're if you're really close with your your animal, you'll you'll see that and 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 be on the lookout for it. And we have a number of of members who um, have reported just um, that their animals seem happier. They seem um, you know they're not as showing the, the typical pain indicators um, after a few sessions. So that's that's always good to hear. Um, yes, and, but, and that's uh, part of the realism. The realism piece Uh is that, you know, I do have clients or new clients come in and their goal for treatment in a 16-year-old dog with multiple joints affected by severe uh, late-stage arthritis is to get Mm -hmm. them hiking five miles again. (laughs) And so it's very, yeah, I know. And so it's very important that I have that conversation about, okay, I don't know if we're going to get the five-mile hike. But let's start mm-hmm. with, you know, increased well-being and maybe, oh, you're at, you're at 10 minutes once around the block right now. Let's see if we can get to 15, you know, over the next few mm-hmm. weeks and few treatments, maybe 20 on a flat surface. You know, so we just need to have those, those conversations where expectations can become both positive and realistic at the same time. Oh my gosh, those those animals who come to your clinic are so lucky to have you as their vet. I just <laughs> want to say that. That's, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Seriously. you. Um, no, no. Who who can administer acupuncture? Um, do vets need a license um, to practice it? Um, and I know it's done in other countries too. What's been your experience uh, with with vets here and and around the world? Sure. So in most states, you need to be a veterinarian to administer acupuncture. Um, As in many fields, the rules and regulations get pretty tricky, and there are plenty of rule benders. So um, I, you know, I just suggest that you stick with finding a veterinarian that is certified, um, because that will be the safest for your pet. I can't speak to Mm -hmm. other countries as it varies extensively. However, I do know that IVIS has members in, I believe, over 90 countries at this point. So I know it's practiced oh, cool. in a lot of other countries. Yes. Um, however, I don't, I'm not familiar with their regulations. Uh, I really like that it is uh, practiced um, globally um, it, just because, you know, in so many countries they don't have um, access to a lot of the um, newest pain medications that um, people here have. So it's really, really cool that, you know, for a lot of animals outside of, of you know, countries like ours, there are, there are options for acupuncture. Um, and, and how do we here in the U.S., how do we find a veterinary acupunct- acupuncturist? And, and what should we look for when we're searching for one? 
Um, well, it's it's best if you choose an acupuncturist who is both a licensed veterinarian and a certified veterinary acupuncturist. Uh, these individuals have oh. been trained in both Western medicine and acupuncture, which will provide you with the safest, most effective treatment style for your pet. Um, a veterinarian who has been certified by IVIS must have taken a certification course, which includes I, 400 plus hours of lectures and labs, and then an examination Whoa. on the top. Yeah, exactly. And then both a practical and a written examination covering uh, traditional Chinese medicine theory and acupuncture. Uh, this gives them the foundation to practice from both the Western and the Eastern standpoint and to understand how to safely prescribe herbs. Um, so a great place to, to search for a certified veterinarian, is, and you can do it by location, is on the IVIS website, which is www.ivis.org. Um, and I did just double check my stats. We have over 1,900 members in 60 different countries. And when you go wow. on the IVIS, cool. yeah, I know it's amazing. And, and I feel so fortunate because almost every year I go to the International Congress where many of us get together and um, go through continuing education lectures and mind sharing and social events to make sure we keep this good modality um, you know, prevalent throughout the world and, and actually make it even more progressive. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a nonprofit organization, and it's dedicated to the mission of supporting responsible veterinary acupuncture and all of its associated modalities, not just here in the U.S., but also throughout the world. You are doing awesome work. I mean, outside of your practice <laughs> with, with IVIS and everything, that that is so cool. It really it speaks volumes about veterinarians like you who are willing to give 400 more hours of everything else that they do. <laughs> On top of everything else <laughs> that they do, they're going to go 400 hours to get this certification. That's a lot of time when you're already working or running a practice. I mean, that's really, really cool. So we, we think you guys are awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, it's, it's very validating to speak with, with people like you who have such a deep uh, desire to care for their pets and to, um, to really provide them with the optimum in quality of life. And uh, I feel very fortunate that those are the type of, of owners that I work with every day, virtually all day when I'm here in the hospital. And, and tell me again, what is the name of your clinic and where is it? Oh, so my, my, uh, my place of practice is Lombard Animal Hospital, and it's located in Portland, Oregon, the beautiful Portland, Oregon, uh, having a nice sunny day right now. Um, awesome. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I've been here uh, owning the practice with my husband for 10 years, and I've been practicing the integrative medicine piece for seven years. Oh, man. Well, if we're ever up in Portland, I'm going to come in and say hi. I can't wait to see your practice. It is also AHA accredited. That is the American Animal Hospital Association, um, and I love that. So, um, yes, anyhow. It's uh, good to hold yourself to a standard. <laughs> absolutely. It, it really, I mean, you have just gone way, way above and beyond, and, and it shows. Um so, so thank you, Dr. Ostermeyer. I have so many other things I could talk to you about, but we need to wrap it up, uh, and I don't want to keep you from your patients. Um, thank you so much for being here today. You're very welcome, and, and 
I hope that um, if anything isn't clear, you can follow up with an email or a phone call and we can get it straight. <laughs> we'll do that. Thanks so much for your time, Doctor. Listeners can learn more about your work at LombardAnimalHospital.com and find all past Tripod Talk radio podcasts and many more helpful resources for dog and cat amputation, recovering care at Tripods.com. Until next time on Tripod Talk Radio, learn more about canine amputation recovery and find the best gear for three-legged dogs at tripods.com. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts and claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.